0: Welcome to How to Read, Understand, and Make Use of the Scriptures. So we've been talking about principles of biblical interpretation. In other words, when God speaks to us, yes it is His Word, and we do say this is the Word of the Lord after reading the Scriptures, Uh, yet we understand that this God speaks to us in human language. He uses human words that have meaning. And those words are put into the context of sentences and there's grammar uh, that we are to understand and there's paragraphs and context. Um, and that's written in, in in the context of a background of an author, and there's a certain historical background. And so we are to understand the word of the Lord as being given to us in human language, human words, and uh, within the context of a historical background. So we're always asking the question, what is the one intended meaning of this text that we are Reading. Now, I say the one intended meaning because uh, in the past, specifically in the medieval ages during the time of Martin Luther, uh, the interpreters would try and go to the text and we you could say they over spiritualized it. They would look at a text and say, well, there's four meanings here. There is uh, the simple and plain literal meaning, and then there is a higher allegorical meaning, and then there is a moral meaning, and then something they called an eschatological meaning. Uh, but We are, um, we are told by, uh, the scriptures and and instructed by the scriptures to look for that one intended meaning of the text. Uh, and so a basic principle is that a text cannot mean what it never meant. So we look for that historical context. We look for the paragraphs and the sentences and the words. And we, uh, we ask the question, so, Uh, what is the one intended meaning of this uh, portion of Scripture? So let me give you an example. In Matthew chapter 1, it says here, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was like this. After his mother um, Mary was engaged to Joseph, it says there, before they came together, she was found pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And it says here, Joseph uh, being a righteous man, uh, not wanting to... uh, publicly disgrace her, he intended to put her away or divorce her secretly. Um, it says there, though, but when he thought about these things, an angel of the Lord came to Joseph, saying, Joseph, don't be afraid to take to yourself Mary as uh, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And then, then the angel says, she shall give birth to a son, and you are to call uh, his, him Jesus, for it is he who shall save his people from their sins. And then the angel um, speaks to Joseph, comforts him, and the text says, All this happened, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah. And it's Isaiah 7. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall give birth to a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God. With us, so we hear that portion of Scripture specifically during the the Christmas season. So, what's the text? What's the you know historical context? What are the words um, saying? So, you know, to summarize, a couple they're pledged to be married. Angel comes to Mary, uh, though she's a virgin. The angel says in uh, in Luke, the Gospel of Luke, that she's going to conceive a child. It's going to be by the Holy Spirit. Uh, This child would be called Son of the Most High. Mary leaves then, and the assumption is that she doesn't talk to Joseph about this, but she goes to visit um, Elizabeth for a couple of months. She comes back, um, obviously pregnant, and now she tells Joseph. Joseph, we find in Matthew, is distraught, and his mind uh, settles on divorcing her. Uh, The angel comes to Joseph and says to him, Don't be afraid. What, what Mary said is true. Uh, take Mary as your wife. She's going to have a son and call him Jesus because he will save um, his people from their sins. And then it says all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through uh, the prophet Isaiah. Okay, so that's pretty, pretty clear, right? Context, meaning of words, historical background. Now, let me give you uh, another scenario. Let's say there's another couple. And they're engaged, and uh, their wedding is going to be a year away, and he's going to go off for his final year of graduate school. She's going to stay back home with her parents. She's going to work a little bit. They're going to plan uh, the wedding, and uh, he'll come back when he can you know, for the holidays. So he returns for, uh, he returns for Christmas, and uh, during that visit, she tells him that while uh, he was away at uh, graduate school, uh, her ex-boyfriend contacted her and uh, just wanted to get together and to talk. And they met, and then she says, well, one thing led to another. In a moment of weakness, uh, I was unfaithful to you, and uh, now I'm pregnant. And uh, she says, I'm so sorry. I, this is never going to ever happen again. I don't ever want to see him again. Um, and uh, she says, I, I just don't know. I just don't know what to do. So her fiance obviously is distraught and torn. Uh, he loves her. They have many dreams together. Um, and after after all, um, you know, they had prayed, they had sought the Lord's will. Uh, they had received. Uh, they thought multiple signs of confirmation that their that their um, uh, wedding, you know, should take place. Uh, that they should get engaged. They were certain that the Lord had led them to each other, and that uh, that it was His will that they. Should marry, and so that's how they proceeded. Uh, But now what? Now what? So they decided that they would uh, enlist uh, uh, the help and wisdom of their friends and family, uh, those that they trusted, and that they would pray again. They would search the scriptures that the Lord would give them uh, answers and some wisdom as to you know what to do, what to do next. Should they uh, break off the engagement? Uh, Should they get married? Um, Should they? Wait and just uh, wait for the baby to come and then make some decisions. So um, his family and friends in church uh, said, well, well, some of them said break off the engagement. Others said, well, if you want to continue in this, um, you better be cautious. Uh, so w- we advise you to wait. Let some time go by. Uh, put the wedding on hold. Don't rush into any decision. You know, finish, uh, finish graduate school. Uh, you know, have the baby first, and then see see what happens. So that was his side of uh, you know the family and friends, uh, their wisdom. Her side of the family, uh, they too trusted in the Lord. Uh, they trusted that the Lord would lead uh, this couple in making a decision, uh, that He would reveal to them what they should do. So they they prayed. And they asked for the Lord's guidance that He would show them from the Scriptures what uh, a good and godly decision should be. And in an act of faith, they said, We're going to pray to the Holy Spirit. We're going to, um, that He would lead us. We're going to open up the Scriptures. So they closed their eyes. Um, after that, they, uh, flopped open their Bible and pointed uh, their finger down wherever it would land. And the finger, finger landed on, of all places, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Uh, this verse, uh, but when he, Joseph, uh, thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take take to yourself Mary as your wife. So they, they said, we prayed, uh, and this is where the, you know, the Holy Spirit led and our finger went to this place. What are the odds? I mean, this was the answer. Don't be afraid. Move ahead with the engagement. So in this scenario, say you are friends with uh, this couple. What are you going to say? How would you advise them um, from the text? Specifically, when the scriptures are involved, how would how would you interpret this? Well, I think the first thing you'd say is, well, that's interesting. I mean, I mean, what are the odds, right? You would pray, open up the Bible, and your finger would land on a portion of scripture that would talk about, don't be afraid to take uh, Mary as your wife. But I think the... Um, The way to proceed would to say, keep reading the text, look at the context beyond where the finger pointed and see what the context really says. So the context is spoken to in a certain uh, biblical time in history, Uh, a man and a woman, Mary and Joseph, a virgin pledged to be married to this man, uh, is found to be uh, pregnant but not by a boyfriend, conceived by the Holy Spirit. Um, and so uh, the boyfriend, the fiancé here, uh, Joseph, thinks that, uh, that Mary has, uh, has been unfaithful to him while she's been away visiting Elizabeth. So he has in mind to divorce her. But the angel comes angel comes and says as unbelievable as it is uh, to understand what she is saying is true what is conceived in her is of the holy spirit so joseph don't be afraid don't be afraid to take mary as your wife what she said is true she has been uh, been visited by the angel and the holy spirit has conceived conceived in her uh, the Son of the Most High. And you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And Joseph, all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet centuries ago in the prophet Isaiah, that the virgin would be with child and would give birth to a son. And uh, you are uh, to call him Jesus. And he also will be called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So a text cannot mean what it never meant. So as interesting as it might be in this scenario that you could pray for a certain situation, close your eyes and point your finger uh, at a text that would say something like, don't be afraid to take her as your wife. There's a, broader, there's a broader context to that. A text cannot mean what it never meant. So let's take heart. Let's take heart and understand that when we pray, the Holy Spirit really does want to guide us. But to guide us through human words, human language, sentences, paragraphs, finding the one intended meaning of the text, and the Triune God wants to hear, uh, wants us to hear Him, to understand Him, to know Him, to believe and to trust in Him, um, and in that message of revelation, to hear this good news about a Son called Jesus. Call him that because he will save his people from their sins. And this Jesus we know is Jesus the Christ, the one who is for us, the one who lives in and works through us, the one who is with us always, even to the very end of the age.